and Lisa Hammer from the Venture Brothers. I play Triana. And if I'm listening to pirate radio, it's only Hench Life Pirate Radio. I will listen to nothing else. It's the only show I will listen to. All the other ones are just trash. Tour de Fancy Pants. The and Tour I'm de Fancy Pants. Glorious Tour de France victories. Uh, here's my question. Where's Turtle Loki, burdened with glorious tortoise? <laughs> oh, dude, Lance Armstrong Loki, live glorious. <laughs> <laughs> live glory. Deep sea Loki, he's burdened with glorious porpoise. Ah, there you go. Uh, actually, I saw that scene in The Boys. It doesn't go down well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it goes down too well. Oh, when dude. Is, when is The Boys coming out, by the way? Does anybody know? Soonish. Uh, they are wrapping up on uh, Jensen Ackles stuff right now. I just saw um, a screen cap of him playing uh, the, the Captain America analog. Yeah. Um, and Older he boy. looks well, then it was a side-by-side, uh, yeah, Soldier Boy, and it was a side-by-side uh, from the comic and stuff, and he it looks pretty good. Like, he he looks unhinged, like, yeah. completely just anxiety, PTSD-ridden, like, just yeah. shy of, pee- like, pissing his pants. No, uh, and the next season of uh, The Boys should have Herogasm in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> I watch. I also I watched the comics explained on it after the I finished binging the second season, and uh, I saw that I saw that you know I was like wow they're gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, think Seth, I think Seth Rogen or somebody had posted a picture of that script, and they were like, "Yep, we're doing it." You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to kick off festival season somehow. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, uh, who would like be the 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 Marvel, I guess Marvel, who would be the comic book DJ to the heroes? Like you're, you know, setting up a party in Avengers tower and it's kind of, you know, let's put it like in hero gasm where it's like, you know, it's only inclusive to like superheroes. Who's right. DJing that party? Like you've got to have. Dude, that's uh, Kate Bishop. I can see that. Uh, I mean, maybe. Dude. She is of most of the comic book characters. Actually, how about this? Let, let, See, let I would have gone with Dazzler. Dazzler would be good at it. Dazzler just likes to dance, though. Now, dancers can make great DJs. She definitely has a great sense of performance, but she'd rather be out front. Like she's the master of ceremonies, bro. Have you seen us? Like, have you seen a Steve Aoki show? <laughs> I live. Steve there was, there was one like two weeks ago, and I was like, "Nope, I'm going yeah, to I see the boy instead." <laughs> I've never actually seen it live. I've seen videos, and I mean, I get it's all produced, but like that dude. Uh, I mean, I granted, you know, he's not doing the whole full uh, bells and whistles DJ work. Like, and I get that because it's a huge, you know, he does huge shows and stuff. But he is not afraid to get out from behind that, you know, those tables, man. No, like, dude, especially not without baked goods. <laughs> like he's he, he he's got that on lock. But yeah. like, and again, what is it? Do I think that she could do it? Absolutely. Would she do a phenomenal job? Absolutely. But like, in terms of who's going to have your musical preference beast, like who's going to have. I don't who's going to have like his music tastes on lock? Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to be somebody with some indie cred. It's got to be somebody like vaguely dismissive of most things. Rocket. I don't think Wolverine's going to be a good DJ. Rocket Raccoon, dude. 
Yeah, Rock, Rocket would be cool. Here's the thing, though. I feel like Wolverine as a DJ would play both kinds of music, country right. and Western. <laughs> He's probably got some, like a, just a crate that just says Canada on it, and it's just <laughs> all Canadian jams. Right. Dazzer would be super super solid. Um, Jubilee, Jubilee might be cool. Yeah, you said Dazzler, and I just automatically thought Jubilee. Yeah, like, yeah. and again, the thing with Jubilee, like, I think the, I don't know, maybe Dazzler would be better than all of them put together because Dazzler cares about her audience. I would think, right. whereas Jubilee would not. Yeah, and Kate Bishop is like, no, no, you you're gonna hear this whether you like it or not because you should love this. Yeah. Notice everybody we've picked is female. I mean, my initial reaction was Daredevil just because he's got the ears, you know. <laughs> so, oh, dude. but I don't, Are I don't think, he, I don't think he's got the musical taste for it. I think he would be the type to just sit at the bar and drink a martini with the rest of the guys. Oh, dude, he yeah. would be uh, such but a. He's diva got the DJ. ear, you know. <laughs> yeah, he would be such a diva. He's like, uh, yeah, that's not on key. And you are like milliseconds oh, yeah. off beat right now. <laughs> You're like, why are you mix- Why are you mixing out of key, dude? Like, what do you mean out of key? I use the, the no, no, man, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no fake in the funk. If you train wreck, Daredevil's just going to be like, boo. Actually, <laughs> I, I think I, I think I know who it is. Yeah. Warlock. Like Adam Warlock? No, like Techno Organic Warlock. Oh, yeah, no. Forge? <laughs> Forge would be good for the same reason. I don't know, dude. I feel like Forge would play too much like Delbert McClintock. <laughs> like, Forge is the kind of guy who's got like, no, no, now we're going deep into some Dwight Yoakam. Let's get this. <laughs> I mean, not, it is the headband. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, not to say you with a headband, you can't rock a good set, dude. I, I feel like, uh, like, I, I don't know. Ray or, or Professor X, somebody with uh, who can read the crowd immediately. <laughs> he is literally <laughs> reading the crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, probably has, I mean, probably has, a, a, like, decent crates, too. You know what I'm saying? His DJ name would totally be Onslaught. DJ Onslaught. <laughs> well because it's his was it it's his uh you know alter ego right like when, it, when he goes back Deadpool and they're actually the, about to bring him the, back in the back comics team. i'm pretty stoked who are they bringing yeah. back onslaught oh really well after they made like red onslaught they put like professor x's brain in uh red skull yeah. And so you had like the red onslaught. Uh, that's been dealt with, you know, years ago. And now with the new reboot on X Men, uh, they're talking about the patchwork man that lives in the, you know, fringes of uh, Krakoa. And apparently that's onslaught. So the patchwork man, would that make him coleslaw? <laughs> coleslaw. <laughs> that's what I do to. That's what I do to Southern food. Well, shall we go ahead and begin? by welcoming out our dedicated listeners to this week's Unified Fan Theory. Are you stealing shingles again? No, I got a pirate radio set at the swap meet, so I will bring to this neighborhood a non-stop talk alternative. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Too bad there's only 24 hours in a day. Or is there? Who's in the box? Are either of you guys uncertain about anything just now? 
What's in the box, Rodinger? Um, a cat. We're entirely hypothetical. There's also a lot of drugs in there. The three of us are lost in a timeless oblivion. Cat, is it alive or dead? Alive or dead? What's in the fucking box? Uh, I am one of your hosts, the inimitable uh, Professor Savage Oppenheimer. Lo, I am become death, destroyer of continuity. We are joined, as always, by my longtime companda, the resolute huskiness of Spockter Beast McCoy, our resident Spocktologist. And we are joined by a guy who always needs another Timmy, Professor Trillnye. And today we are covering episode five of the Loki series on Marvel's, or I'm sorry, Marvel's Loki series on Disney Plus. Uh, this episode is uh, pretty spectacular, right? Like this, I, this is probably the most fun episode we've gotten out of the entire series, right? Um, this particular episode brought a whole lot to bear and we get so many amazing Easter eggs. And even though we are only one episode away from seeing what everything has been about this entire time, I'm going to be completely honest. There is still just as much room for spoilers, for theories, and for wild speculation as uh, there ever was. With like plastic uh, Loki, alligator Loki, tiny Thor, uh, the Thanos know, copter. Yeah, like the Thanos cover, like everything's on the table now. Um, last episode, we kind of talked about like speculating this could be Battle World, and in mm -hmm. a small sense, it kind of is, but it's not. I mean, I get it; it's it's not really Battle World, but you know, we found out you know where things go, where we found out where all the left socks of time go. Yes, yes. All right, sorry about that. <clears throat> I don't know what just happened. I, I sat to, sat it down to drink my grape juice, and. uh that was your Nexus event. You got pruned. <laughs> yeah, Who are you really, Trill? Yo, it was crazy. I just I, I was putting it back in my lap and it just started going. Eh, eh. It's like it just stopped in the middle of one of y'all saying something. And then it just. I don't know. It's crazy. It's weird. Well, considering that's my computer, I have to caution you against uh, visiting websites. Oh, dude, I, I barely use this thing, man. That's I, I look at porn on my phone like a regular porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I only put that thing up. Of course, I'm going to jerk off with it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yes, Jovan and his new muskiness. All right, <laughs> is it that right? Jovan. Jovan. I thought I, I swear I thought no, dude. Jovan. So Elon Musk's dad, Jovan. Do, do, do you remember Jovan Musk from back in the day, like yeah. Jakar Noir with the uh, high karate and the, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We 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 it's have a, a running joke about young Elon and Papa Jovan Musk. <laughs> All right. So let me go ahead and actually, before I launch into this week's recap, do you guys have anything you want to bring up? Um, 
I just, I mean, I just wrote down, <clears throat> like I said, I've only seen it once and I was super tired, but I wrote down a couple of things that were funny or just stuff that I was, you know, had other thoughts about. Um, yeah, boastful Loki. I thought that was just weird how that's how they put him in, like the closed captions. Um, the blanket part was funny. The hug was really sweet at the end. Um, I kind of get it, though. Still, still want to look for Easter eggs as far as those other Lokis that were with President Loki. Um, I also want to know where the hell they went. There's a lot of Doctor Doom speculation because there's three. Um, it, it looks like Doctor Doom's like castle. Um, oh, from Latveria. Yeah, that's that's something I saw online earlier. If they set me up for a Kang reveal and then gave me Doctor Doom, uh, I'm going to orgasm straight for a month. You guys won't be able to even talk to me. I'm so <laughs> glad all that uh, Buddhism and Tantra has worked out for you, bro. <laughs> it's the, all about holding I mean, your the, breath. The more I thought about it, though, it's like we're getting a Fantastic Four movie. We're going to get Kang as the main protagonist for uh you know ant-man 3 which is definitely coming out before fantastic four so i'm hoping that maybe quantum mania uh with with kang will set us up for some dr doom action that will tie in with the new fantastic four whenever they pull the trigger on that are we going to get a good one i i'd like to think so it's you know the same director as uh um spider-man and oh uh, who was it uh watts john watts yeah yeah everybody's got a love-hate relationship with him and spider-man like everybody's like oh he ruined i'm like john watts made the spider-man movie i've been waiting for yeah like, you know i'm tired of toby mcguire like being like sad and sullen like it was good seeing peter parker be a you know normally burdened kid yeah, like I mean, bad stuffs happened in his life, but he's still a teenager. Cool, like yeah. Um, and then that oh oh that that performance from Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Yeah, uh, like Homecoming is Homecoming is really great. I think it's one one of the best Spider Man movies. Into the Spider Verse is the best Spider Man movie of all time. But that's a, Homecoming definitely gets my credit for finally making Vulture scary. Right, like before that he was just kind of he oh, was dude, kind he of was, like Loki to me. Like, yeah. A one-dimensional kind of like I'm a foil. Here I am, uh, <laughs> you know. And then they actually, you know, gave him some some gravitas and depth, you know, pathos. Yeah, he was frightening. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and take a quick look at this episode, and we kind of pick up uh, right where we left off. Right, we get the opportunity to see what it is. That is threatening Loki and Loki and Loki and Loki and, <laughs> and, and Loki and the others who might be there. And that is Alioth. I'm sorry, Eliath, right? Eliath, yeah. Uh, one of the little things I thought was interesting here. So, you know, R's and L's often switch place, like, you know, in like just morphology right the way people pronounce things r's and l's which are both retroflex consonants and there actually is an old demon called area and i wonder if that wasn't part of the uh part of the inspiration and i suspect beast that uh if you got the opportunity to kind of head in and take a look at that i'm sure you might find some really interesting parallels that uh many 
Marvel villains may in fact be from occultists trying to warp our children's minds. Oh, I mean, I hope so. Um, and I know that... Uh, oh, Isn't Alioth in the comics, though? Yeah, Alioth. Alioth yeah, the, and, and Alioth he's, the, he's actually one of Kang the Conqueror's nemeses. Yeah. Or yeah, His uh, temporal empire is actually bigger than, than Kang's. Um, which I thought it was going to be like if that is an interesting maneuver if uh, Lady Loki's plan works out, which it seems to. Uh, like I think that's she's what got I'm, some shit up her sleeve. Well, I'm getting the impression that like being, and I know I'm setting myself up for heartbreak, but <clears throat> yeah. um, I know that being the uh, most sincere Loki is going to hurt me. But she seems to be the one on the... Like, you come across this batch of Lokis and they're all dealing with the same problem, which is all the other Lokis are assholes. <laughs> you know? And it's, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, Tom Hiddleston, we'll call him Loki Prime, shows up and he's like, oh, wait, we all have the same problem. But I have this other one. Have you met a female one yet? And she seems to be the one... That's actually. Oh, oh boy, like, was like that. She sounds frightening. And he's like, oh, she is. <laughs> Dude, and, that was uh, so funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely seems like she's the the one with you know the the thrust, the sincerity. Like the, that one scene with the who is it, Hunter B nineteen in the jail. Is like, oh no no, see you want it. She needs it. Yeah, and that's kind of you know what has centered me on her in terms of like. Uh, Where? She, I Where think she she's right about the guard dog. Like in, in the normal mythology, uh, you know, this giant creature is its own, you know, enemy and its own thing. Here, it, you know, maybe Kang's, you know, kind of Cerberus, as it were. Yeah. And dude, I thought that was such a, a unique take on it. Right. And of course, uh, we'll get to that here in just a second. Uh, I, I, I feel like due diligence is owed to that amazing opening shot where we go from the TVA down to the like to the elevator like it starts off upside down and like, you're just like, it, it was, you it was have like a trailer so for David, infinity war. How you've gotten so much David Fincher love. Flips. Yeah. You've gotten so much David Fincher love throughout this whole thing. And this felt like such a Fincher move, just the way it was shot and just kind of the way we go through. And I felt like they were, uh, you know, a hundred little Easter eggs in that like slow landscape pan as we're going through the ruined husk of all these cityscapes that we missed. So I actually wanted to rewatch and go through and then Disney plus sabotaged their own game. What? They released monsters at work today. And now I haven't been able to get the damn TV back because my kids <laughs> were like monsters. I'm like, no, I need to rewatch. You don't understand. I have to go Easter egg hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we also get to see a whole lot more of this amazing world, including that uh, that UFO. So essentially, they get there. Uh, uh, Alioth is, or Eliath is going to eat them. They better run. Loki is flummoxed. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't handle what's not going on well. He gets. We get a little bit of exposition as the four Lokis, including Alligator Loki, lead fifth Loki uh, back to their kingdom and. <laughs> I love that uh, their kingdom is essentially a sewer tunnel. They're like, yeah, we it, it's a bunker, and Kid Loki is the king. Uh, Kid Loki is able to manifest a uh, 
a dagger, which is cool. Uh, we also get flaming golden dagger. Yeah, we also was, get this moment rad. that felt so out of character. Like th- this moment pissed me off, where uh, Sylvie is demanding that Ravenna Renslayer tell her everything. Ravenna Renslayer is like, "I'll tell you everything." They betrayed me too, and female Loki's like, "Cool." <laughs> let's go yeah. i i'll trust you right like let, let, let's work together like there's a void at the mm. end of time and uh, there's this moment where rinse literally says i can help you if you trust me and then sylvie gives her the tim pad and and what was crazy about that also was that miss minutes was like helping her like stall stall yeah until the till you know, the, the other TVA agents got there. So plus seeing as who voices Tara or, you know, it's Tara strong. That's, that's voicing Miss minutes. I think just off the, off of her name alone, I feel like she's going to be just bigger in general, but you just won't see it until like next episode or something like, so like you, she has like this cute, sweet, lovable face. And I, I can just imagine it like, turning into fangs and an angry face and like morphing into this whole other Kang type, you know, it like, who knows? It's artificial intelligence. It could have been doing its own thing this whole time, you know, kind of like uh, the Jarvis to like for Kang type, like the Jarvis of the TVA, you know, like it runs the whole thing, but we just still don't know who's behind it all. Well, I I feel like she's going to have a bigger role just, just based off it being Tara strong, but that's just, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like how when you're watching a movie and you like there's a character that's like a super recognizable actor, but they're not doing much. And then there's like a twist at the end and they're like a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but uh, also the one of the things has been like the the subversion of that expectation. Like you yeah. watch Tenet and you're like, holy shit, Michael Caine. Oh, right. It was a Michael Caine cameo. <laughs> well, and he well, was made think so about Michael. It. Yeah. What made me think about it was I was watching, I, I watched that movie on Prime, that uh, Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. I haven't and, seen uh, it yet. Okay. Well, I won't, I won't spoil it for you, but that that movie, the the way people, the, the characters, it just remind, it just kind of was like, oh, there's something more to this person. Twist, look for the guy who you know what he looks like, but hasn't been brought up <laughs> once. AKA every episode of Law and Order. <laughs> Wait a minute, I've seen that dude in a Taco Bell commercial. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, I, I, yeah, pretty much if it's not uh, Benson or Stabler, like, you know, and you recognize them, it, 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 it's going down. Uh, their journey to the oh, yeah. manhole cover, the journey to the manhole cover sanctuary, the bunker of Loki's was one of my little favorite moments. Not only do you get the Thanos copter, which was from like a, a toy set from like a decade ago, uh, you also get Frog Thor. And It was Frog Thor. I knew it was somebody. Yeah. I went looking for it. Didn't see it, though. Jumping up. It's, it's when they pan down into the bunker, like it goes down through the earth into the bunker. And okay. there's Frog Thor in a jar trying to jump out with Mjolnir sitting right beside him, but out of reach. And the jar itself is labeled T three sixty five. Oh wait, okay. So like when it's going, when it's panning like through the dirt, yeah, and, yeah. And Mjolnir, Mjolnir, the however you say it, Mjolnir is is like I remember seeing the hammer in the in the uh, 
the pan down in the dirt, like buried, but I didn't see the frog Thor. I think I was just too dumbfounded and tired. <laughs> well, and of course, uh, issue 365 of Thor is where frog Thor shows up. Ooh. So T365. There you ah, go. Okay. I, I like uh, it when they do that. There's so much of that going on in comic book stuff that uh, I was I looking for think... one on the I was looking for one on the license plate of the the car the pizza car that uh, that Mobius was driving to. Right. Like, I was going to say that needs to be its own. I was that it wasn't Planet Pizza. <laughs> that wasn't that? like Planet Pizza Planet from uh, Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza yeah. Planet. Like I really wanted Pizza Planet. Oh wow! Yeah. Holy crap! That. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> well, I mean, dude, that would have brought. Oh, you have no idea how full circle that would have brought because uh, Pixar doesn't exist without Marvel. Period. Like that wouldn't have been a thing. I mean, so after they get down wrong. there and we get a sense of what the uh, Loki bunker is, and it's pretty much just a hideout. Like his kingdom is a hideout, right? The bowling alley. Uh, we also fight, get a. Uh, uh, we bounce back to. Ravenna working with Sylvie who's got Miss Minutes pulled up and is trying to access these files but it turns out that that uh, you know she's like oh we've got to get to the void at the end of time that's where everything goes once it gets deleted it doesn't get deleted it actually just gets put and this is pretty much what we were speculating last time which is you know it essentially just opens up a little time door that sends them to this one specific location right it's at the end of time. It's kind of outside of time. Nothing anyone does there can have any impact on the rest of the timeline. And they've got this creature there, Eliath, which is essentially eating everything that comes in that it possibly can. Like it's feeding off the detritus of the, the time variance authority. So Renslayer mentions the void spacecraft. Um, and then Miss Spence is like, oh, it's only just a prototype. Right. But then it becomes really obvious you're stalling for time. And this is I don't know if this was an Easter egg that was meant to, you know, just stall for time or if this is a reference to Kang's spaceship. Right. Because Kang has a time traveling spaceship. Yeah, it's that's what people were uh, theorizing about when that one photo leaked with the the Sphinx in the background. Uh, Everybody was like, oh, that's Kang's ship, you know? Yeah. Because he was a uh, he was a an Egyptian pharaoh for a while. Yeah, yeah, he was what Amun T- uh, Ramen Tut something. Yeah, I don't know. I am about Ramen. I'm I the know, pharaoh. Ramen was there. Kids can make. <laughs> well, no. Uh, at first, I thought it was also kind of a, a little wink and nod to the you know prototype uh, vessel they were working on in Wandavision to try to get it through the the border. Like, um, I. Because again, I haven't. It, I'm in a weird place because my my heart says Kang, but my brain's like, you can't confirm that yet. <laughs> Has that ever stopped you before? No. <laughs> I feel this. I feel the same way though. You know, like I'm I'm really hoping for something crazy uh, to happen before they go into the what if stories. You know what I'm saying? Because what if is is what's up next on Disney Plus? So it's like, can they blow our minds, please? Yes. Can can we get something? like just utterly remarkable other i mean you know falcon and winter soldier falcon picking up the mantle that's fantastic wanda running off doing her own thing that's fantastic too that's cool but i really want like a nice jumping board for when we get you know all the movies you know what i'm saying 
I think that's what I we're getting be, right I want now. my mind blown before all that other stuff comes out. You know what I'm saying? I, I got to tell you, if Loki isn't weird and mind blowingy enough for you, I like. What if maybe the cure, the cure for what ails you? No, no, no. Well, no. Loki is my favorite by far, like right now. Um, well, uh, and I where mean, they're I'm, taking it is actually like I'm glad you brought that up. It's a perfect kind of dovetail into what if, because these are all yeah. variant versions of things. Like, you know, when they right. started dropping some of these pictures. Uh, you know, all the the dude bros on the the Marvel group and shit, like you know, on Facebook, got really upset. They're like, "Ew, no! Why would uh, Agent Carter ever be Captain Britain?" I was like, first off, this is clever as fuck because Captain Britain's a whole separate thing. Captain America's yeah. a different thing. This yeah. is a great way to tie. Like, this is gonna be a fun story. It's just a what if. They're not changing canon, so everybody yeah. sees this stuff and they're like, "Oh no, they're ruining! They're not ruining a fucking thing." It's a what they're if. Just... Have you ever looked at a what if comic before? Dude, you, you, I, I think you know most people like, have. I used to read what if comics. I know what the deal is, dude. I still have a. T- I have so many of them. They were some of my favorites. Yeah, they're super weird. <laughs> and it, it was so good. De- Wait, actually, which came first, what if or else uh, or else worlds? Uh, what if? I think. Because uh, I remember maybe, what it, if it was probably like around the same time because they were I think it was around the time where they were like really trying to match each other's you know they were just throwing blows back and forth DC and Marvel they were like oh you got this character oh we got one like that too you know what I'm saying like they were like copying each other you know what I'm saying yeah Wade Wilson and Slade Wilson yeah <laughs> Wade Wilson to Slade Wilson. Uh, actually, I want to say, uh, I mean, we could probably just jujul it real quick. Yeah, that, that's one like it's actually it's a little complicated, because uh, what uh, Elseworlds didn't technically start as like its own thing until '89 with Gotham by Gaslight, whereas yeah. What If started in '77. Yeah, okay. I feel like What If started sooner because I have older What Ifs. And the first like Elseworlds thing I have is Gotham by Gaslight because I had an awesome uncle. <laughs> That's a good Shout story. Out to uncle know. Michael. A really good story. The first what if story uh, was what if Spider-Man had joined the Fantastic Four? Which um, so that is not a, a story that they can even do right now. I know, right? That sucks. <laughs> so, um, but they got zombie Captain America. You know, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, we're, we're going to get Marvel zombies. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get like, uh, I wonder if they could do a what if hip hop variant for season two. Oh, man, that would be crazy. Oh, dude. Uh, I, I'm such a big fan of like the, the Killer Mike uh, curated hip hop collection. In fact, I'm sad they're finally done with it. Yeah. Um, but no, that'd be that a lot of Howard fun. The to... duck, that Howard the Duck and Thanos Gauntlet run the jewels. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's uh, was, I, I really was, want uh, that Howard the Duck to, and, uh, I, I really want Rocket. that tattooed on my body, honestly. It's like Howard the Duck and who else is oh it's Howard the Duck and Rocket Raccoon as yeah. LP and Killer Mike, but then it's the Thanos gauntlet in like Deadpool's hand or something. Uh I can't remember. Oh yeah, he's holding like a Deadpool medallion because they have the whole thing with like Lady Death. Yeah. Um yeah. and those were the first ones that got the, the whole idea started. Um and then Marvel, like Just Killer Mike, is also a huge... they, they went they went balls deep into that one. Well, yeah, Killer Mike's a huge Marvel fan, and when they reached out to him, he was like, "Yeah, no, I'd love to curate a series." And so he worked with some artists and basically kind of, you know, threw some out there. The first season's definitely a lot more classic hip hop, 
Uh, right. The second like season, quote unquote season, like the second run of that was definitely a little bit more new hip hop. Like Kendrick Kendrick Lamar was like the Black Panther, like it was like Black Panther for the cover of Kendrick Lamar's album and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. and like the the one Black Panther I've got uh, in the first run of the series is uh, actually Jay Z's Black on both sides. Like he's pulling the mask up as the hat. The Black and album. Then, yeah, the Black album. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the most F Black on both sides. That's my bad. Um, <laughs> oh no, that was actually the Silk uh cover was the new danger the most f new danger with the the point yeah oh yeah yeah anyway yeah no sorry we, i could do my, my, on the i could just do hip-hop covers all episode we need to move on yeah well <laughs> luckily <laughs> professor troll nye is a very receptive audience you know who else is a receptive audience miss she is receptive to stalling for time as ravenna has secretly alerted the minutemen to come and meet them in the judge's courtroom where L Sylvie first escaped Ravenna's grasp all those years ago. It now is think about this for just a second. You're programming an AI, a complicated, sophisticated, time-warping AI, and you're like, all right, how do you code recognition of somebody screaming with their eyes? <laughs> right. Because like the whole look where they're giving like exchanging looks yeah. with Miss Minutes. <laughs> like the whole time I'm like, how does Miss Minutes know what it looks like when somebody is screaming quietly with their eyes? I know. <laughs> That's like some real facial recognition next level 3030 stuff, man. And of course, there's that moment where uh you know Miss Minutes is looking for the stuff on the time craft and Ravenna is like We'll take them down together. She reaches out her hand, right? And, you know, like, we'll, we'll do it together. And Sylvie grabs her hand and holds on to it and is like, hey, Miss Minutes, where are those files? And then Miss Minutes looks over and her voice says, oh, they're coming right up. But she is legit screaming with her eyes. Yeah, yeah. She looks real concerned. Dude, it, epic animation. Very well done. And Ravit, like Sylvie's just holding on to Ravenna's hand is like, yeah, what's up? And that's when the Minutemen come in. Sylvie manages to take the temp pad as well as the uh, the stick of justice <laughs> right? and bounds behind the judges. The non-tribunal wand. Yeah. The, the stab and poof. Yeah. <laughs> stab and poof. She stab grabs the stab and poof. And if I ever if I ever have to pick an alias, my last name is going to be Stab and Poof for sure. I gotta tell you, that sounds like uh Jonas Ventures, like children's <laughs> programming, like science magic, like like kids thing would the be. Adventures of and Mr. Like, Wizard and hey, Stab and Billy, Poof. Bring your hot mom up here with you. <laughs> Stab and poof. <laughs> Watch, I'm gonna make your mom's clothes disappear. Smash and poof. <laughs> I get that must have been my dad's name. <laughs> well oh, that's awful. Parenting. So, uh, Sylvie decides that uh, with all these Minutemen there, she gets hit to the game. Yeah, she, she knows what's up. up. So she's she, like, you she know what? They were trying to play her. There's really only one way out of this where I get what I want. So she poofs herself. All right. Much yeah. to the chagrin <laughs> of the Minutemen and Ravenna, who's like, no, this is what was supposed to happen. Good. Right. Then we get this <laughs> shot. 
I love the like the the lie. It was like she she pruned herself. You're like, yeah, good. <laughs> like she won an argument by agreeing yeah. with the person. Dude, and honestly, I'm just gonna use that from here on in because the the way that she does it, like her body language on this is so good. She like mm. is like trying to like fuss with her closing a little bit. Like it's obvious she's not sure what to do with her hands. And then she just kind of like throws her shoulder backs, puts her hands on her hips. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what was supposed to happen. Let's get to work, <laughs> you guys. Yeah. And then we get that great shot of uh, the bowling alley with the Santa Claus and the Roxon boxed wine. <laughs> Roxy, yeah. And they're just like pouring wine into the Gators pool. <laughs> well, and I love that kid Loki has the juice box. Yeah, he's got the high C ecto cooler on deck. Dude, ecto cooler, like I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know if it was an ecto cooler, but it was definitely a high C box, like an old one. Like I, I remember them. They might, they might still be using that design, but I feel like it was a, it's like an older high C that he was sipping on, <laughs> like a fine wine. It has been aged yeah. in the nineties. You know, this is also ecto cooler was a thing. Well, this it's is the same kind of green. <laughs> like this is green also is where we find out why Boastful Loki is called Boastful Loki because we get a reveal on what the Nexus events were for each of these Lokis. Boastful Loki is like, yeah, I crushed Thanos and had all six Infinity Stones in my grasp. He said, he, he said after I took care of Captain America and Iron Man, I my reward was all six Infinity Stones. And old Loki was like, or the gator growled, and he was like, the gator just growled and also called you a liar. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite line from the whole thing. You know, one of the other things here, too, we find out uh, where Kid Loki, why he's there, and he's like, yeah, I killed Thor. Yeah. I was telling Dr. Spock over here earlier that I wish they had uh, kind of went into that a little bit, you know? Well, and my whole thing is uh, okay. Is that why? Comments. Is that why he's king? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because he took <laughs> he out the Thor. Thing none of the other Lokis could do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, in my mind, okay. So, kid Loki. He's, a, um, he's. I mean, he's a little badass anyway. But is you know, is that why they respect him so much? Is because he killed Thor, and that's why the TVA got him. Well, here, yeah. here's my question. Like in the comics. Uh, Kid Loki is actually a reincarnation of, of actual Loki, so he has the same consciousness in, in just a kid body, yeah, right? yeah, the same yeah. the same mind. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, if that's not the same premise, then like that kid killed a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that guy murdered a guy one time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I assume that like this was like Kid Loki who murdered Kid Thor. <laughs> Man, yeah. Oh man, that's that Macaulay Culkin movie, The Good Son. I, I think they're trying to uh, leave it a little <laughs> more open, you know, Young Avengers style. You oh, know, and that's what I thought was going to happen. He's going to be a lot more grown by the time that by time if they use the same actor, he's, he's going to be a lot more grown by the time that movie comes out. But I got to tell you, man, he was already pretty grown. I mean, he's like, uh, uh, no, but he's oh. going to have like a different voice and like a beard and shit. Like <laughs> by the time that movie comes out, <laughs> he's going to hit his spiritual puberty. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he, 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 I mean, he looked young to me. You know, he looked like a, I don't know, maybe like 13, 14. I don't know. Did you guys notice how weird the bowling alley was that they were in? You uh, would have to bowl down a hill in order to bowl. <laughs> it had ramps. Maybe it was like a... And stairs. Like, it's it, an old it very interesting. playing hideout. 
Well, no, everything drops from the sky. Yeah, but why would it have stairs? Because people live there. To go up the ramp. Like, were the stairs built in? Like, they look like they were built in. Yeah, who built the stairs? The people living there. It's like, who did the plumbing on the Death Star? (laughs) We don't question it. Contractors. So independent contractors. We also Why do they hate railings? That alligator Loki it got there for eating the wrong neighbor's cat. And uh, we also find out where Richard E. Grant's classic Loki came from just a little bit later. And oh, that was weird. Uh, that yeah, that whole story was was crazy. But we'll we'll get to that here in just a second. I also appreciated that uh, alligator Loki immediately goes for hands. Uh, that's gonna come in really important here in just a little bit. Uh, as they are trying to figure out what's going on, there is a moment where Loki is really kind of coming to grips with what it is that makes him a failure. And the they keep kind of hitting these notes that Loki is not the same Loki as these other Lokis anymore, right? These other Lokis are still very much Lokis, right? Whereas our Loki is bigger now somehow. And he's more, he's more uh, he has more empathy now. I mean, yeah. I would say kind of uh, not until you see President Loki, because, <laughs> you know, uh, you you get a read in the room. There's only one Loki in that room who's being the same kind of jackass Loki. Everybody else is having a moment like, you know, Kid Thor did the one thing that Lokis have dreamed about and, and they, they don't even talk about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, classic Loki, that whole story, man. Um Oh, and only Richard fucking Grant delivered that. Like, yeah. that was impeccable casting. Um, so the, the story with him was that he basically was the same Loki as, as Loki Prime, but instead of getting killed in, by Thanos getting his neck snapped, he just used his magic to trick Thanos. And then um, once the, the, the ship that all the Asgardians were on blew up, he just pretended to be debris, right? And he just yeah. floated until he found some place that he could just chill. And once he finally tried to come back to visit his family because he missed Thor and he missed, you know, he wanted to see if anybody missed him. He got lonely. And he, as soon as he tried to leave his little, you know, deserted island that he had found by pretending to be debris <laughs> from the ship, uh, as soon as he stepped foot off his little his little desert island he 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 got picked up by the tva this drive- i mean i i'm, I'm kind of you know running through it but that's that's basically what he said right because i was confused this Bingo. drives home the fundamental arc of this entire series right which is loki coming to grips with why he loki's so hard and <laughs> i think the single most valuable and instructive moments toward this end and what it is that forms the crux of his character development is both this scene with Richard E. Grant's classic Loki and believe it or not, the Lady Sif scene, right? Where Morpheus throws him into that uh, time loop and Loki coming to grips with why he did the things he did. And really just admitting, yes, I was afraid of being alone. And I also don't want to be subservient to anyone. So I constantly, my glorious purpose is nothing other than not 
being alone. And that's what it is that could potentially form the crux of both the Nexus event and the scene that we're about to see with Loki and Sylvie once she arrives, is that we see the thing that has made this Loki so different, his transformation. It's the same thing that we saw in Loki's character arc throughout the phase one, two, and three, right? <laughs> Which is Loki coming to realize that he doesn't have to be the asshole all the time. And that people, if like, if Loki is genuine with the people who love him, they will love him as well. And being loved is one thing that he has not been comfortable with. And loving is one of those things he's been unwilling to allow himself the luxury of. And that's what this whole shift is. And I hate that these words are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> eloquently said oh uh you're like the dr phil of comic books um it's killing me it's killing like you're i like dr phil and stanley put together i hate with a deep burning passion that you got a hairline like jeff Loeb. <laughs> i hate that the nexus event is true love like i hate that i hate that so much uh, no whoa i mean to I me well, to me, like, this is a whole exercise in, in something different. So, all right, let's, 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 let's look get at the to broad the end, and then we can talk about the end. All well, right. Like, let's, let's look at the broad strokes. He hates, he only loves himself, but then when he gets surrounded by nothing but himself, he hates himself. This isn't about true love. No, jerk that shit off. This <laughs> is about self-love. Yes. In the weirdest fucking Doctor Who-ish metaphor, this is you have to learn how to accept yourself all, and occasionally all angle, make all, love to yourself. All different or variants of yourself, you have to love and respect all of your all of your stuff. Now, Beast, I feel like of all the comic book characters, this is the journey that most closely mirrors your own. Really? Ow. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, think about it. Here it is. You, sir, have always been a trickster. Always. It is both your academic approach. It is in your pusillanimousness. It is in your... Pusillanimousness? I was going to say, did you means, just hear bro. the word you said? And you're trying to tell me like a pernicious trickster? But I hear it now. Go on. That <laughs> <laughs> didn't take long. Yeah, but, but... What is it that is making, you know, Loki's transformation both relatable and, um, for lack of a better word, transformative, right? It is that learning to accept yourself and wanting to be the self that you choose to be rather than the self you feel forced into being. And that's something we can all relate to. And, and we're, I think we're constantly trying to do better. And Loki is learning that lesson now. Like no, not, to... not me, man. <laughs> I'm not trying to do better. I, mean, I was that's, born perfect. That's, that's fine. You know? <laughs> Y'all sound like a couple of variants right now. And <laughs> you call the TVA on you. I don't trust neither one of your timelines. No, I'm just kidding. I also uh, thought it was really interesting when uh, Kid Loki's sitting on his throne and they're kind of having the discussion about like why our Loki is different. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm the same as all of you. 
And this is where he kind of like starts button off. He's like, have you ever met a female variant of us? And the classic Loki's like, sounds terrifying. To which our Loki's like, no, no, she is. But he's like so excited about it. He, he's here for it. He legit is. He's like, but that's what's kind of great about her, right? She's new. different, right? Yeah. And that, I really like that that sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where we get the I, one of Loki's best moments. He's like, she's not trying to take over the TVA. She's trying to burn it all down. And she needs my help to do it. Like, Loki's glorious purpose isn't uh, tricking anyone anymore. It's actually trying to help someone that he genuinely cares about. And this is where he starts developing his plan to take down uh, Eliath. And <laughs> I keep thinking... Like I just there's that uh, that scene from a couple episodes ago when they're on Lamentis and she's like, that's not a plan. A plan has more than one step. And I keep thinking of this every yeah, time too, Loki man. comes up with a plan. It's not a plan. It's just like we're just going to F around. We'll go there. It. We'll find its brain or its heart or whatever. We'll take it out. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to go kill Eliath. I need all the help I can get. At which point, the other Lokis are like, uh, <laughs> idiot. Even Alligator Loki, you know, he doesn't <laughs> laugh, but you kind of get the impression he's probably choking on the inside. <laughs> so he decides that uh, he's going to leave, right? And as he opens up the, like, Loki sanctums hatch, uh, he looks up, and who does he see? He sees President Loki. He sees red-haired Loki with like a mace on a chain. He sees like eight 1980s Asian uh, like video game Loki. He's what? got Dance Dance Revolution Loki. He, he, there is a dance, I guess, like a Daft Punk Loki kind of thing. Now, uh, okay, got, is it just like, me or did this episode have a lot of like Stranger Things vibes? Yeah. Like the whole like you know kind of art department like outside was very uh, I don't know like anachronistic in a way like it all references something but it still has that weird upside down feeling yeah it's like had a, if real, a, had a real loser gang vibe to it <laughs> <laughs> so what are the, is, there, the are, is the lizard gang the opposite of burb gang are they are, oh are no they I said loser oh loser. oh but it's funny you mentioned burb gang because th there there are burbs there. Uh, but they're borbs because they have burb bodies, but they have orb heads for no reason. Borb. So it's, bo okay. it's, it's, bo it's borb gang. There you this go. Episode, like repping real hard. Like every time you see them outside, there's a little borb running around. And I love it. <laughs> I'm super here for it. Um, I think red haired Loki might be female. Or, well, I mean, are these Lokis? That was one thing me and me and Trill were talking about was, are these Lokis or are these just other variants that he... I call them variant barbarians. Like, oh, the barbarians. You know what Loki does? When he lands anywhere, yeah, um, until like recently, like our Loki, right? But when he lands anywhere, first thing he does is stand up and like subjugate people. Get on, yeah. high, get on the highest ground. Right. Uh, and do you know how I know himself. that these are all Lokis? Because really during the fights, grandiose, you know... I'm During sorry. the fight scene that we're about to get, they're using magic. All of them? Because I, I know the, the Richard Grant Loki was, like classic Loki. Uh, Loki I don't know if Boastful Loki did. Hadoukens, you we know? get uh, Bike Helmet, uh, G.I. Joe Paratrooper Loki. We get uh, like weird... Oh, 
talk about boastful Loki, and we get uh uh by like horn dreadlock Rasta Loki. Wook, it's all about the green. Wookie? Wook Loki. Wookie. 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 He's a Wookie. Oh, did you notice boastful Moneer, by the way? Or boastful boastful Loki's Moneer? It's like a steampunk Moneer. Yeah. It's a truck and a piece of railroad track. It had some gold in it or something. It was like really rad looking. I was like, way to go, boastful Loki. And of course, President Loki is there. And then there's the question. And actually, here's another one. Like President Loki, when he opens the door, says, which one of us are you? Yeah. Like, that's a pretty good. Make you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, from there, we get a sense of Sylvie waking up, and it's not quite sure how long she's been there because she is in a bird's nest inside of a van or a school bus. Burb gang. I mean, right? Burb gang. A borb. Yeah. Borb gang. <laughs> borb gang. Exclamation yeah. borbs. You will be assimilated. <laughs> Resistance is fertile. All right, because there's eggs everywhere. All right. right. And uh, hell of females wakes up here. with that storm and she makes her way out of the bus just in time as Eliath stomps down. And there's a moment where and I, it would be totally worth it to kind of go through and uh, do a like frame by frame thing because we get a whole lot of stuff. She essentially manages to make uh, contact with one of these smoke tendrils right? That is coming out after as she touches it, she essentially uses her enchantment magic and gets a glimpse inside the mind. And this is actually where we get one of the biggest kind of Easter egg things left over from the kind of like trailer footage that we've seen that we haven't seen yet. And it was kind of disappointing that this is where it was, because this is one of those major points of speculation about what was going on which is that uh, also that Dr. Doom castle, this is what you're referring to. This is that, that freeze frame moment that we get, that castle in the background floating on top of that rock with what appears to be maybe the Bifrost running around behind it. Like there's some really, really interesting stuff going there's on there. I also feel like there's some like uh, Quantum City kind of vibes going on just because of this place being like kind of outside of time the same way that uh the quantum realm is you know what i'm saying so it's like i don't think it's the city or whatever that was in ant-man and the wasp or whatever the quantum city i don't i don't think it's that but i think it's adjacent you know i think it's a place kind of like quantum realm so it's like that they're stuck in currently it's like a it's like a also there you know it's like a quantum suburb like you've got a you've got a commute to the quantum it's like Gotham City and Metropolis being like right next to each Across other. Across the it's bay. Like, yeah, they're just right. They're just right. Next, they're just a short boat right away. Yeah, see, it's like I would live in the Quantum Hop City. Hop on a like, over there. I, I need coastline, dog. I've got to head across the river. You better hop on a tardigrade. Right. Right. <laughs> well, and that was one of the really interesting things about that. Like we get this super fast zoom up. It takes to this castle and that that zoom in actually ends at essentially what is a, a big stained glass window that is, you know, big yellow window glowing from the inside, that kind of the wrought iron scroll work. And then that's when her vision vanishes. And at that moment, the Morpheus ex machina 
Morpheus in the machine. Mobius. Mobius. Sorry, Mobius in the machine. The Mobius Mo- ex machina. Uh, the mobile. In, the mobile. Oh wow. <laughs> well done, is- sir. Well done. Well done. So he Put pulls it on the board for him with the pizza uh, bobblehead thing on top. Like it is old school. It looks like a 1960s uh, British, like some type of European pizza delivery car. Uh, uh, actually, if you pay close enough attention, it's supposed to be a Ford Pinto, but it's called a Lima instead. A Lima? <laughs> like a Lima bean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't actually go up. But uh, in my mind, now that you've brought it up, uh, that is just a variant version of a Pizza Planet car in my mind. Like, <laughs> Well, and this one's yeah. called Skinny's Pizza, which I appreciated. I bet Buzz and, and Woody are hanging off the back bumper right now. Right? <laughs> We've got to get back to Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so We've uh, got to get back to the TVA. Mobius... Uh, That's what to infinity and beyond really means anyway. It's just like we're yeah, going to by infinity, like, he means the void at the end of time. Yeah, we're yeah, that's where we're going. Hop on. <laughs> Dude, that's that would be a hell of a sequel. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear and like to infinity and beyond. Woody's got a cowboy hat with two horns coming out of it. It's, <laughs> right. it's just madness. Uh this is the as they are driving away from Eliath, Mobius driving the car, Sylvie hopped in the back. We see the Sphinx. Uh, which looks a little bit different. I believe it still had its nose. And we see the, uh, like, the, I guess, Stonehenge-looking <laughs> thing off in the background. And they make their way through. And then we get President Loki. We get that scene where he's like, come on, uh, you know, what, what did you expect? Uh, and this is where we find out what's going on. Turns out that boastful Loki had essentially led President Loki into Kid Loki's territory. And... Boastful Loki was going to get President Loki's army and kingdom because that's a thing that was going to happen. That that whole thing blew my mind because I was like, dude, you're a Loki. Why would you think that Loki would give you anything, especially that broad? He was like, oh, supplies, blah, 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 the army, the throne. Like, come on, bro. Why would you, like, you're a Loki. You should have known better. You know, uh, there's a saying in, in, in like Taoism, it's uh, he who knows himself or no, he who knows others is smart. He who knows himself is wise. This guy doesn't know a fucking thing about any of them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like yeah. it like, is himself. Just, they are others. And he still doesn't fucking get it. That's well, why he I guess that's why he's boastful. Loki. He's just kind of a fool. He's just uh, a boastful, braggadocious type of dude you know what i'm saying i thought he was called boastful loki because he was wearing a kilt <laughs> i oh. thought it was called boastful loki because he was always bragging about he got all the infinity gems so yeah, that's, well that's what i thought too oh see i thought the kilt was boasting about something else right <laughs> so, put pulling a samuel L. jackson so from there um, guardian black snake right as <laughs> right as uh President oh my god Loki, Right as President Loki has sprung the trap on boastful Loki, uh, every all the other Lokis around him spring their trap on President Loki, which means they have all betrayed each other simultaneously. And there is a moment where we watch Loki just cross his arms and shake his head in stupefied disbelief. That is one of my favorite moments. And of course, Alligator Loki's like, yo, I, I, <laughs> there's about to be a fight. I'm here for this. 
So he, no, alligator Loki is the illest though. Dude. And then he bites off president Loki's hand, like just straight up bites it off and eats it. Right. And <laughs> he pulls like a Looney Tunes freak out. Like yeah. as blood spurts it, like a nub, you is know, this like, a, is this a Peter Pan reference to all of this? Like, no, well, no, no, no. Okay. So I was, <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier and like, I think this is, this goes back to Disney and like now that they own uh, Lucas films and all that stuff, like, someone has to lose an arm like it and it's it's happened before i think it happens in every marvel movie somebody loses a hand it, it's a contract it's like listen you can buy the star wars franchise but track, you have to, somebody <laughs> like, but, has to lose an arm in everything you do and, you and that arm has to be delivered to skywalker ranch personally <laughs> like to fealty to george lucas <laughs> right who needs who needs soil and water right no, isn't that like a thing though? And like, I know it's in every like, uh, you know, every Star Wars movie. It's like somebody loses a hand, but I feel like they started doing it in the Marvel movies too, just to kind of you know pay it forward and just kind of like pay homage. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, dude, I was so ready, uh, and I think it's going to happen in the next one. Maybe they get no, it. Happened, it happened with the Hulkbuster too. The Hulkbuster, yeah, he lost. He got his arm, and then he was, you know, he. Tony called another arm to come and reattach yeah. to the Hulkbuster when he was fighting. It's like a thing that they, I feel like like that's a legit fact. Or maybe they get a production break. It's the five finger discount. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, Thor's going to, if Go that's, if we're going to call that theory, Thor is going to lose his arm in the next movie. In Thor yeah. 11, like the, the 11 Thunder. Uh, no Aquaman on him. No. So what happens is he actually loses an arm and then he gets like a uh weird like um symbiote destroyer arm. It's like an arm that just doop locks right on and now he's got like this onyx black arm and that's just hey, who he Tony is. Tony Stark and Venom made you this. Pow. Yeah, bingo. Um and, and that was during the whole unworthy. Well, and this was during the whole unworthy era that came out maybe a couple of years ago. Which is what this new, you know, Thor is supposed to be coming up. So maybe you're onto something. I mean, like somebody's got to lose a fucking hand. You got to pay the. You got to pay the Lucas tax. Yeah, you got to. Man. <laughs> that, that weird mouse owns you, bro. The Lucas tax. <laughs> I like it. Um, this is also where we get that moment where we see that bicycle helmet Loki is Loki because that dude uses his magic to throw, uh, like, I guess, uh, Rasta Loki back. Okay. First off, I'm glad you confirmed that because like we were talking about at the beginning where like, if that wasn't like Loki Armstrong with the bicycle helmet, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, and a lot of you the other are in Loki garb. Like it, if you kind of take a look, like there's one where the guy's like jumping, it's kind of like Superman fly punch. And <laughs> like, you can see his kind of classic Loki costume underneath his outer like robe. And of course, our Loki is just not having any of this. He's just trying to tiptoe through without getting involved in anybody's fight. He, I think he throws a couple of Hadoukens at people trying to get his way out. But so classic Loki actually. Oh, throws, classic Loki, yeah, yeah. Yeah, classic Loki throws a Hadouken at the dude who's trying to like pirate swing attack our Loki. And then he creates uh, illusions of him, our Loki, kid, and kid Loki, who has grabbed alligator Loki. 
and they manage to escape through a portal. And from there, they just leave all the Lokis fighting out into the world. And of course, like classic Lokis, like, you know, we, we are awful. We're just awful. We're awful people. <laughs> See, and we, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, where like, you know, you kind of lumped all the Lokis in. Clearly, like, our Loki isn't the only Loki that has a pivot. Now, what that pivot is or how long it takes seems to be pretty variable. Like, old Loki had to take his own death and go spend God knows how long on, like, you know, a desert island, like, you know, isolated planet and was never allowed to come back. That was his pivot, right? And then, like, kid Loki, I get the impression he feels really bad about the the fratricide there about the whole killing thor thing it's like oh this thing i really wanted i don't want it it was his scrub season two finale yeah <laughs> it was like if if macaulay culkin no no he didn't uh he died at the end of because never mind this isn't a good metaphor so it's an off-putting movie though the yeah. other loki's have decided they're going to help our loki try and destroy Eliath. Uh, they don't know how uh, our Loki's plan is pretty much. It has a heart or something. I could just hit that. They're like, yeah, he's it's like, it's a got plan. a heart or a brain or something. Well, he was like, you called it a shark. You called it blah, blah, blah. You called it this, that, and the third. That means it can be killed. Yeah. And, you said yeah. it's alive. You said yeah. it's like a shark. It's in a tank. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, Loki, and Loki's takeaway from that was that, oh, we can kill it then. Well, well, or more so like that it can die without yeah, can the die. further yeah, conclusion of, oh, I'm the one that has to do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we get this nice little moment between Sylvie and uh, Mobius as they are driving in the car and, uh, well, as he's driving Miss Sylvie. Then <laughs> make their way. I watch that. Yeah, right. Um, and it's pretty much like Morgan Freeman is this Sylvie. recognition. You know, it, it was very much... Um, Brock and Phantom Limb in the bathroom stall were not so different, you and I. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, hey, you, you've done some annihilating too, right? I've done some annihilating. It's amazing how stupid people get when they really believe something. Well, to uh, be fair, uh, he had his whole life stolen yeah. from him. He yeah. didn't know. Yeah. He just learned that, like, you know, this wasn't the purpose he was built for. I mean, imagine being told that this is what you're built for. Like, this is what you were created for this. This well, is good, what you're built for. I don't remember anything before that moment. So I'm glad yeah. I have glorious purpose now. Yeah, I don't I don't fault either one of them for for any anything. Like, I think that was a really poignant, like, or I don't know if poignant's the right word, but it, that was like that conversation was like really, really dope. You know, Mobius was like, you know, they've been nemesis and they've been like kind of, you know, not, uh, he's been trying to figure out how to find her and she's been trying to figure out how to hide from him in, in the TVA in general for like her whole life. So she's really amped up about it and he's just now finding out about it. And finally, you know, uh, displaying that remorse towards her and she it's kind of reciprocated um as you'll see as you know she has empathy for him but we haven't gotten to that part yet but you know so there were uh as they're kind of walking up they're trying to attract the aliyah and Kid Loki has what appears to be some type of device that allows him to pull something in from outside. 
uh, or relocate where something is going to appear. It, it was pretty interesting. It's never explained. Uh, to me, it looks yeah, like them finding. Weird. It's a, a thing for finding when uh, when like the next. I thought it was a drone controller. <laughs> like I thought it was something that kind of you know said, oh, this is where the the next big temporal drops going to be like it senses the the tachyons or some okay. such comic book <laughs> got science it. got it so it was a scotty device okay yeah it goes ding and then you find it there, yeah right well and then what should appear but the uss eldridge right now for anyone oh, yeah. who doesn't know the uss eldridge is one of the more famous urban legends uh are you guys familiar with the story of the philadelphia experiment yeah I, I am after watching this episode because yeah <laughs> all right can you explain like, it can I explain it? Uh, so I guess they were trying to, the U.S. government was trying to create uh, cloak, like a completely cloaked uh, battleship. And it supposedly kind of worked. I don't know. Like, I don't, I guess the urban legend is it worked, but the people that were on the ship as it worked, like lost their minds or like, died and like all kinds of crazy stuff Others happened. said that it disappeared in this like greenish glow or bluish glow and then completely vanished and no one's ever heard from again uh that is complete nonsense of course like people who are on the ship are like no we weren't in philadelphia we were in brooklyn here are the <laughs> ship's logs yeah i don't even know about all that i just oh yeah. dude uh, some of the more outlandish stuff uh the ship left and came back and then when it came back people were like you know stuck in bulkheads oh and... yeah yeah they were like stuck in the walls and like all yeah. this crazy stuff yeah i heard yeah i did hear i did read about that yeah so this ship the uss eldridge from 1943 appears Eliath is there and starts coming after the ship and the ship's like yo we're at war this thing's attacking us attacking us let's shoot it so they start firing away and it has almost no impact um they are going for it. It's not working. The entire ship gets destroyed, demolished, and everyone on board is done for. It's just not pretty. And then Eliath walks away, at which point our Loki realizes maybe his plan was pretty awful. They're trying to regroup and figure out what's going on when who should appear but Morpheus, or I'm sorry, Mobius Ex Machina, the... <laughs> The mobile, mobile, and the mobile, the mobile shows up with its uh, pizza flopping around on top, like some type. Of <laughs> That's how I'm going to come to a party now. Like it looks like, it, like yo, I really like flock of seagulls. Let's do this, dude. I'm going to ride around on Halloween with a with a damn spring and pizza attached to me. Just stopping around with a pizza on I'm, top. I'm going to cosplay and go to every everything. As in the a, mobile in, in in a in a Pontiac vibe that has a spring and pizza on it. Um, I'd also like one of my other favorite moments of this, and like I, I legit had the feels when uh, Loki runs up to Sylvie. Right, he's so happy to see her. Just that genuine happiness. I'm really happy to see you. Like I totally got the feels. I did. I yeah, did. no, that was it. Was really cute. He was like a he was like a little lost puppy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they found his master. He was so happy to see her, and then they found each other. It's a beautiful thing. Well, dude, I love the whole exchange when the car is coming up. Though it's like, is that a car? Oh yeah, that usually means like marauding <laughs> cannibals. Sometimes pirate cannibals. Pirate cannibals. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's slowing down. 
Like they're <laughs> and like it's, she she stepped out of the car, took like three steps, and he knew who it was and just ran up to her. Well, and I love the like, way she sees other Lokis and she's like, wow. She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> These are my friends. Yeah, that oh. was a nice, that was a nice little exchange too. And he had to explain the Lokis. So yeah, they just, they, uh, kid Loki sees them off in the distance. Uh, they stop. Sophie steps out, takes three steps. Loki starts running towards her. They meet up. They exchange words, and then the rest of the Lokis run up, and she's, like, ready to fight, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, she explained, you know, or he explained, like, who everybody was. And No, what did he say about the alligator? He was like, the thing I'm least upset about was that there's a Loki alligator. (laughs) I'm worried that I'm not even, like, you know, that it doesn't even seem weird to me or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) Oh, man. That was fun. So, I don't know. I think that happened earlier, but I, I confused it with this part when he was introducing everyone. Oh no, it was the alley. It was so the alligator. It's like, no, he's not, this isn't even weird to me anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's like um, the least upsetting thing is yeah. this alligator. Yeah. Yeah. So from there we bounce over to Ravenna telling the Minutemen to leave. And then she goes into the uh, I guess timekeepers uh, like history review room, the uh, Albert Brooks room. And uh, opens up this That's a deep cut right door. there. The Albert right. Brooks room? Yeah. Wow. She opens up the door and we've got Hunter B-15 sitting inside like some type of like pissed off Buddha who is like just so over it and we've got Ravenna trying to con- like, you know, essentially accusing her of being disloyal, right? And, it, and B-15's like disloyal to whom? You were in the timekeeper's chambers. They weren't real. Ravenna's like, it changes nothing. People need stability and order. She's like, that changes everything. People need to know the truth. And she's like, no, nah, the TVA needs stability. And until we figure out what's going on, that's what I'll get. Like, And what Ravenna's really after are Loki's motives, right? Uh, and Sylvie's motives, right? And B-15's like, look, Sylvie wants to take down the TVA. And, you know, or she wants to find who built the TVA, and Ravenna's like, I do too, right? I still don't believe that this is actually what she's looking for. I don't believe that she doesn't know, all right? She's a faker, all right? Yeah. Well, and uh, you notice she's wearing, um, like, the sash now. Yeah. Uh, so she becomes a, a character called the Terminatrix, and I think that this is kind of signaling her, her transformation into... Uh, from Ravona Renslayer to Ravona the Terminatrix. Well, one of the things that was really interesting about this, other than the uh, 1950s British schoolgirl crossing guard, was the the notion that B-15 thinks that Sylvie is going to find them first. And Ravenna's like, why? You know, like, I'm I'm capable. And B-15 says straight up, like, you want it. She needs it. And that's pretty much the answer that uh, she's going to get. So she steps out of the room, grabs her temp pad, pulls up Miss Minutes, and starts getting all the files on the founding of the TVA. Tries to. Yeah. And now this is also Miss Minutes, like, let's go to be a tall order. At which point she tells Miss Minutes, the people who founded the TVA are in danger. Like, she's playing Miss Minutes, too. She's playing everybody. I think Miss Minutes is playing her. You think Miss Minutes? I think. 
I think there's a lot more to her than we realized just yet. Well, you know, we realized I, I put money on that. Uh, going by the the same kind of like you know uh, theory you were kind of pushing earlier, like if you recognize, okay, so this could be two things because it is a voiceover. If you're Marvel and you're getting a voiceover, of course you're going to want to go for good, a seasoned you know? vet, right? And or this is exactly what you're talking about. Like this is the the seasoned cameo that like you know we're not sure we're looking for yet. We have uh, our next scene taking place inside what could be like an abandoned house or a gas station or something. Uh, there's a fire. They're roasting some uh, Borb gang and uh, I'll get a look. He is looking on <laughs> it. So, oh, and we've got Richard E. Grant's classic Loki. We've got Kid Loki, Alligator Loki, and Morpheus kind of having a chat. Morpheus like, how do you even know Alligator Loki's a Loki? And Richard E. Grant's classic Loki is like, well, he's green, isn't he? He's like, yeah, but he could be lying. But I guess it would make him more of a Loki. It's always the game within a game for you guys, which I respect, right? So this is pretty much just set up what's going on inside because outside is where the real magic is happening. And that is... Loki trying to let Sylvie know how he feels. And I got to tell you, man, I, I felt this scene a whole lot because uh, how many times did you have that like spark of something with a girl and you're like not quite sure how it's going to go. So you're trying to feel it out. And then she's like, oh, yeah, we're just good friends. Like we're friends, right? Don't really have friends. And Loki's like, it's cold. You're like, is he going to snuggle up? Is he going to snuggle? Are we going to get Loki snuggles? And then he like snaps and produces a blanket that covers him. And then he like, you know, they kind of have a little bit more conversation. It's starting to get a little bit closer and he snaps again. And all of a sudden that blanket's covering both of them. And, and she's like, like a Christmas tree blanket. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, how do I know you won't betray me? Right. Which is really the absolute best possible question to ask. And he's always got a pithy answer for it, but this time it's not quite a pithy answer, is it? It's very humble. Very heartfelt. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, listen, I fuck people over. It's what I do. <laughs> and then ties it all up with, but not you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, baby, you're different. Right? Hey, girl, you different. No, baby, you're not like the rest of them. I promise. Like, I'm going to come back and pull the dagger out of your back when I'm done. What was that most recent episode of uh, Rick and Morty where, like, Summer and Rick are going to all the apocalypses to get oh, free? Oh, man. And, yeah, uh, like, he walks up to that one girl. It's like, there's no one else I'd rather die with than you. Oh, sorry, there's somebody better later. <laughs> <laughs> come on, girl. Let's go. So, yeah. Rick Sanchez line. It was a whole thing. No, but you so know, gave her the dirty Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and then Loki, of course, is like, "I won't let you down," and she says, "You sure?" And then she follows up with, "If we make it, and the TVA is gone. There might be a timeline for you to rule." And he's like, "Well, what if maybe we just explored the universe together?" And you're kind of like, "Yeah, like, let's let's figure it out later, boobs." Yeah, that's how. <laughs> this is really where good relationships start. Like, yo, I don't really care what's going on as long as I get to do it with you. Right, that's the good stuff. No, get to do it with myself. He's technically going off by himself. Nah, man, he's still him. It, it, see, here's the thing: he says it over and over again. She's different. She's yeah, of course he is. And what dude hasn't said that to get laid? <laughs> but Kid Loki tells uh, Loki Prime that he's special too. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think there is a special thing. 
going on there. Well, no, I think the special thing is like, again, you see Lokis have the pivot. Some Lokis will totally come to their fucking senses through one hijink or another or, you know, fratricide. I still need to know, like, did did that child murder another child? This is eating <laughs> yes. me up. <laughs> anyway. Yes. He damn so sure like, did. Because, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty hard pivot point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, so I know it's a special thing when Lokis come to that that realization that this isn't their purpose in the universe that their purpose is the thing that they can make out for themselves and and you know there's no predestination you can do what you want and blah 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 blah. but it's still you you're still a narcissist trying to get in your own panties (laughs) trying to get in your own panties isn't that the entire buddhist mentality anyway like we're all just god interacting with each other yeah yeah, no. Do you know how hard it's been for me not to talk about how exactly Zen this show is? <laughs> I don't do a good job all the time. That, is it homage to David Zen? <laughs> so, speaking of pivots, we get a big pivot here, which is where Sylvia is going to go attack. She hands Loki the temp pad for him to escape. He's like, no, wherever you go, I go. He hands the temp pad to Mobius. Mobius is like, okay, I'm going to go take it on the TVA. Uh, they, the uh, classic Loki, alligator Loki, and kid Loki get the chance to escape. They're like, no, this is our home. We're staying. Okay, they kind of found their thing, and their thing is hanging out together. They're they're, then, they're family, man. Yeah, you know, they're just like we're, we're ride or die. And kid Loki materializes his dagger, hands it to our Loki, and then he produces this like shoulder holster, over the shoulder dagger holder. <laughs> right. he, he conjures a over-the-shoulder boulder holder that has a knife sheath in the back. Yeah, and then uh, they prepare. So Morpheus, or I'm sorry, Mobius. I keep doing this. Mobius creates a time door, goes away, and as he's going away, he reaches out his hand to look for Loki to shake. And man, Loki got away. He's like, he says, "You got away in the end, huh?" And he's like, "I always do." Yeah, and it was that was really nice. Well, oh no! When when he finally like goes to, to stick the hand out, and Loki goes in for the hug, yeah, right, and you're having a moment, and then they it's just the the right amount of like comedy kiss there. Like he looks over, he's like, "You were always my favorite, Loki." <laughs> well, it, it, and he says that to Sylvie. Yeah, <laughs> he looks at he looks at Sylvie when he says, "You're my favorite," but he's saying it in Loki's ear, so it's like he's kind of talking anyway. to both of them at the same time because he just you know. It's, it's a beautiful great. moment. It is. <laughs> like Loki's are great. I love all Lokis. Loki calls Mobius my friend. That was now, nice. Sylvie mentioned something earlier about how he really cares for our Loki too. Like it's a it's a straight up bromance. Yeah, when when they were sitting there uh, wearing that uh, Christmas tree uh, wrapping, you know, he with the blankets <laughs> and whatnot. Tree, yeah, she's just like he really cares for you. So. We're, we're getting past this, like, uh, we're at the, the, they're kind of standing near this, like, turret, this tank-looking thing. And uh, that's when Elias starts coming in. Richard E. Grant's classic Loki and Kid Loki and Alligator Loki are walking away. They see Elias coming in, and uh, they decide to go down, and they're going to try and create a diversion to get Elias to look one way so that uh, Sylvie can try and take him over. Did you also notice the Avengers helicar- helicarrier in the background? Mm-hmm. So... Oh, As, the Thanos copter. You brought that up. I, I had to do a little bit of digging on that. Uh, 
that was a thing he wrote in the comics. This might be an Easter egg for some version of Thanos' return. Like, they have so many comic deep cuts. Like, the Thanos copter was a thing. It's... Early comics can be very silly. He rode away from that. Like, okay. Spider-Man had a motorcycle also. And Leopard Spider-Man has a car. (laughs) Yeah, he has a car built by fucking the Human Torch that rides up walls. Because when you're Spider-Man and you can walk up walls, who needs to fucking walk when you can ride? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going 60 on the Empire State Building. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good times. So... Our Loki, in order to distract Eliath, runs off to the side, lights his dagger on fire like he's uh, getting ready to charge the hordes of the Night King, and then starts waving it around for Eliath to come and get him. Sylvie is trying to enchant Eliath. She doesn't quite have the power. Uh, Eliath turns his head to Sylvie. Loki's like, no, not my girl. And he runs over to try and help her. And right when things seem like they are going to end very badly, what should happen but classic Loki coming in and using the power of his illusion to build an entire replica of Asgard out of scratch. Like it is just truly amazing. Did you pick up the song? What's that? Did you notice the song that was playing? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that was the most appropriate thing was the, the right of the Valkyries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) that, that That part made my soul happy. Yeah. It was awesome, dude. And, like, he's doing this. That gets Elias' attention. He starts making his way over that direction. Loki and Sylvie are standing right there. And he's like, Sylvie's like, are you seeing this? He's like, I guess we're more powerful than we could possibly imagine. Like, all right, then another Star Wars line. That's very, uh, right? That's on brand. (laughs) That's that's on brand. So they hold hands for the first time. Loki's like, what are we doing? She's like, we're going to enchant it. Loki's like, I don't know how. Sylvie says, you do. I'll be gentle. Stupid line, because we're the same. Just don't clinch. Yeah. <laughs> International Women's Day, right? So here's what's going to happen. Uh, See, I told you they were all the same, and she said they were the same. Yeah, and I, I hate, I, I, this kills me. It kills me. Like, I, I, my body language right now should tell you how much I feel like I need to reject whatever writing happened in this particular portion. Uh, there are just some truly cringy moments in this for me. Um, classic Loki is absolutely crushing it. Eliath is attacking the city of Asgard. Uh, classic Loki's trying to keep it up. Sylvie and Loki are trying to enchant it. Loki develops his enchantment powers on the fly while holding Sylvie's hand because they're the same. Because the the show needs to happen, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> no twist. It's been that Loki the whole time. He dies and like comes back. Doctor Who regenerated as a lady. There you Guess go. What it's actually Mephisto. Boom. <laughs> Plot destroyed. So it's Mephisto. Eliath in Agatha. Eliath destroys classic Loki, who's going out in a blaze of glory. Uh, Richard E. Grant crushes it, and. That's when Sylvie and Loki manage to enchant Eliath and Eliath dissipates and reveals something pretty crazy. Can I ask you a question real quick? What else was Richard E. Grant in? Because I know uh, his name, but I just Star Wars like, Rise of Skywalker. I know his face. <laughs> Star Wars like, Rise of Skywalker. 
Who was Ian Rising Skywalker? The guy who was the more serious, not jokey General Hux, the one who kills Hux. Oh, okay. Uh, also, uh, I mean, he's a big time British actor. Yeah. Um, he did. Uh, was he in Sherlock, too? I don't know if he popped in in Sherlock. I don't remember him in Sherlock. I know he did. Um, he was the big season finale for uh, Matt Smith. Um, with Doctor like the. Yeah, and Doctor Who. He played yeah. the. Uh, the Whisper Man, or like the Great Intelligence, is who he right. played. Yeah. No, I know I'd seen him around and stuff. I just wanted to clarify. We can get back on track now. I was just wondering. No, yeah, um, he was supposed to be like uh, essentially Mr. Sinister in Logan. Yeah. Really? He was also in Bram Stoker's Dracula with a young looking Keanu Reeves and uh, Gary Oldman. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Richard Grant was old yeah. back then. He was in IMDb, this guy. He was in the 1999 Doctor Who, The Curse of Fatal Birth, or The Curse of Fatal Death. Oh, The Curse of the Fatal Death is a, uh, it's a red nose, what they call a red nose special. We yeah. just started doing Red Nose Day a few years back here. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah. it's actually a celebrity Doctor Who where they kill off uh, one of the doctors and they keep having him regenerate. And he was a, like as it was a celebrity would come back as one of the doctors every time, but then he'd get like bonked on the head, Gelgen style, and regenerate. Like it was, it, it's a fifteen minute wonderful farce. Check it out. Uh, he okay. was also in 2013's The Wolverine. Wow. Oh. And also, there's a lot of comparison of coming. Build. Well, there's a lot of comparison getting thrown at like Loki in terms of like Doctor Who. Yeah, I kind of get parts of it. So Richard Grant definitely like adds a little bit of that seasoning, you know, a little bit of that Doctor Who sauce. Yeah. Well, once we see through the gateway, we see the castle that we saw earlier with that glowing yellow window up on top uh, and uh, either a planet or the Bifrost or something. I mean, it's, it's very vague on purpose. There's a lot of uh, multicolored wisps of clouds, but they look at each other. And Sylvie and Loki head off through the portal together to face what's on the other side. End of episode. Yeah, that's uh, that was one of my notes that I, I I actually made a few notes this time. Where did they go? Where did they go? What's your what's your theory? Chronopolis. 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 That, that, I, now, I don't think Kang is home, <laughs> right? I don't think he's there, but they're going to, because again, if you're going to introduce Kang, what are you going to do? You're going to have him sitting in the tower up at the top? No. They're gonna like get Rapunzel? Kang's not going to be there. They're going to look around. We're going to get introduced to Kang through his collection of wonders in his like little secret stash here floating on an asteroid above some unnamed planet at the end of time, right? Someplace beyond the void. And, you know, it's the one place, like, remember, in the comics, Alioth could never get to Chronopolis. It was the one place he couldn't go, right? So if you've defeated Alioth, where are you going to put Chronopolis, right? Let's hide Chronopolis inside this Cerberus that no one else could possibly defeat. He's not expecting visitors, right? There's no way he's going to be there. He's not going to show up. I think what is inevitably going to have to happen what you're saying people. is Hang walks around his house naked. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, so what do you guys think? 
Uh, I think Monopolis is pretty solid uh, in terms of like legitimate theory, um, like a, a exiled version of Doom. Uh, you know, kind of you know, Trill had brought up Latveria earlier. Uh, personally, I just hope that's where the secret like happy ending to the never-ending story is. Right, dude. Actually, you know what? Hang on. I have another theory here. They're not going to run into Kang. They're going to run into future Kang. What's his name? Tempest? Immortus, I think. Immortus. Good, good Kang. Yeah, Immortus. Oh, there's a few good Kangs. Iron Lad is a good Kang. Yeah. Yeah, no. Iron, yeah, I was about to say Iron Lad. Yeah, is Iron Lad forms the Young Avengers. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I'll be know. honest with you, like all the, the Loki variant action has subtly set up like the the inevitable like you have to have variants of Kang. Like that's how Kang operates. Well and Kang's goes around the Council in... of Kangs. It's like the Council of Ricks. Yeah. Which I love that like people online are like, oh check it. Marvel's taking a, a note out of uh you know Rick and Morty's book. I'm like, no. No, Marvel Rick and Morty stole... took that page out of yeah, Marvel's Marvel book. Marvel stole their writers. <laughs> they tested the waters with Dan Harmon on Doctor Strange, and it turned out so good. They were like, "Well, we're going to steal your lighter, your your writers now. Hey, we're going to steal your writers' room." <laughs> Dan Harmon did Doctor Strange. That's actually something he, he, he wrote. That I think he wrote that last segment where uh, him and uh, Doctor Strange is having the showdown. You know? Oh, the door. Okay, yeah, interesting. I didn't know, like, I know Community yeah, and Marvel right. ride pretty deep together, but I didn't know it was quite that deep. Well, well let's go okay, ahead and make our go. prediction Sorry, yeah. for the final episode, y'all, because we've only got one more episode before we get it. So here it is. I need your prediction for the final episode before we wrap this episode up. Uh, no, I think you've actually kind of hit all the, the good broad strokes. Like you said, nobody's going to be home, and you're going to learn about whoever lives there through their stuff now that can only get you so far into a plot um so well, is gonna show up and fight well, them. I, I, yeah i was gonna say like mobius is going mobius to go, is gonna set shit on fire i think yeah he's <laughs> going to go set it literally on fire and then go get his damn jet ski yeah i'd like to hope that that's what happens um, on his final episode i don't know where they're gonna go man i i don't think they're gonna go kang I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to, they, they, they see all this stuff that we say, you know what I'm saying at Marvel. So they're, they're going to, they're going to flip it on us at the last second. Um, and yeah, I don't think it's going to be King. I think it's, it's going to be more ambiguous than that. I, I you know, if it's I was going more to actually be like, Mephisto, like that's... It, it could be Mephisto at this point or Agatha. <laughs> I mean, it's been Agatha all along anyway. Um, Dude, that would be no. great if she was the Phase 4 villain and they told you at the beginning. <laughs> so that's actually one of my big, uh, one of the things I appreciated the most. Like, obviously, you know, you can't use magic in the TVA. And we saw that rune floating over the timekeepers. So, like, theoretically, the reason you can't use magic in the TVA is because some powerful sorcerer already put runes all around, which means nobody else can use magic except for them. Right. We saw the rune floating uh, like they, they had that 80s neon rune floating behind the timekeepers. Those things have to be all over the place. Oh, dude. Yeah. And that uh, 
that's the same rune they throw in the O for Loki. So, I mean, yeah, it's a, just, I'm pretty sure it's a legit Norse thing. And then the, uh, their little variation on like the infinity that also looks like, you know, the, uh, the hourglass also yeah. has a runish quality to it. It was obviously designed by people who cut things into wood and stone rather than writing on parchment with a flowing hand. I, I think they'll give a subtle hint to to Kang, it, but that'll I, I I think that'll be about it. I don't think they're gonna. I, I'd like the, for them to to really throw him out there, but I don't think they are. You'll get the I think you'll get the Thanos grin. Like at the end of Avengers, when it's like, you know, I guess I'll have to, you know, he's like, uh, the humans cannot be contained or whatever. He turns to the camera and like gets the little grin. The humans I think that's are more like... formidable than we anticipated. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I think that that's how we're going to get the, the Kang reveal at the end of this is just going to be just a little dab on your tongue, just a little taste. So then you want to come back for more later. And there will be plenty of more later. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to send us your theories for what our final episode might hold, how can they get a hold of this beast? At unifiedfantheory at gmail.com or uh, even better, please go to anchor.fm forward slash UFT. Uh, leave us a message there or you can actually like leave us a voice and we'll put you on air. Uh, I keep saying that nobody ever does it. So you're just going to have to keep listening to me repeat that until it happens. Welcome to the time loop of hell. Well, we have enjoyed this loop, and we hope you did too. I, along with my co-hosts, Spockter Beast McCoy and Professor Trill Nye, would like to thank you for joining us. And we are super excited to see you next week for the finale of Loki, the special edition limited series with the hip-hop cover. And uh, Beast, do you have any idea what we're going to be tackling after this? Uh, we're actually doing some some shuffling around. I'm still trying to figure things out, but we're either going to go pretty hardcore into the Nolan verse, uh, or we're going to just swing hard left and go Karate Kid and get some knee deep into Cobra Kai. I like it. Well, wherever we go, we'll be thrilled to have you guys with us. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. If you have fan theories, headcanon, or continuity errors you think we need to know about, send them to unifiedfantheory at gmail.com, and we'll give you credit and discuss them on air. This episode of Unified Fan Theory was researched and hosted by Dr. Savage Poppenheimer, Spockter Beast McCoy, and Resident Thick Grayson. Produced and edited by The Vaudevillain and Baron Beastful Mode. Sound and graphic design by The Vaudevillain. Unified Fan Theory is a production of Hinge Life Pirate Radio. And most importantly, thanks for listening, and stay geeky, nerds.